0: Welcome to the Girl on Top, Shalin XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, this week's episode is piggybacking off a YouTube video I recently did. And the video was actually about age differences in dating because... Young Gravy and Addison Rae's mother, I mean, like the who's who if nobody cares, are together or whatever. They were at the VMAs together. But within that video, I talked about the VMAs in the context of Lizzo, who, as we know, is big. She's fat. There's no other way to say it. She's not husky. She's not big boned. She's fat. She's actually morbidly obese. And in the video, I talked and I asked you guys, you know, When we hear women being like, yes, I love it, like, slay, you're doing it, is that true support or is that actually fakeness because this person is either no longer a threat to you, so it's like, yeah, keep gaining weight. Like, the bigger you get, the one less threat is out there against me as a woman for the sexual resources we want, which are men. And do we see this on kind of like our own individual level? Do we have people in our lives who are yay saying us when really maybe they should be telling us the truth? Oh my God, that dress. No, it's not too short or slutty. Absolutely wear it to his grandmother's funeral. Like, (laughs) absolutely. Like you do you. We know people like this. They might be in the periphery. They might be inside our own house. So I wanted to break this down a little bit more because you guys were asking in the comment section of that video, can you do like a deeper dive into the concept of weeding out fake friends and how to spot people like this? So we're gonna get into that, but before we do, I wanna remind you that we have our Alpha Academy Sexy Session tutorials. They have just wrapped up and if you miss them, you can catch them all on the Chalantourage. Now this Chalantourage is our kind of cozy little online community. You get daily text messages from me. You get access to the Telegram chats that I'm on and I basically have no life, so I just chit chat with you guys all day. And you get exclusive videos and extra bonus podcasts, including all of the Sexy Session tutorials that they've expired on the platform that they were streaming on, but you can watch them forever pause, rewind, just really get your groove on right over there. So the link is down here in the show notes. You're going to save 25% over three months. Also on a little positive note, we are doing a fundraiser for one of our own, a shalligator named Jerry Beth Silva. She goes into her own pocket, pays of her own money to save dogs and cats in Venezuela. So if you can spare $5, $10, that really does add up and it really does go a long way down there to help these little baby souls who are so abandoned due to a lot of problems that Venezuela's been having. So you know what? We can definitely be part of that solution and be a blessing to these little lives and to Jerry Beth. So the link right there to the GoFundMe is in the show notes as well. Okay. Let's talk about this. So to recap a little bit of what was in that YouTube video, like I said, I talked about Lizzo and I find Lizzo like personally triggering because I as you guys may or may not know, lost 40 pounds over the last few months, I guess now a year. And when I look back on the lies I was telling myself, and frankly, the lies other people were telling me, girl, you look good, you're curvy. I wasn't curvy, I was chunky. I'm a small person, I'm not even 5'5", and I weighed like, I was pushing 170. And that's not, I wasn't the fattest person I knew, and I don't think anyone was describing me like that necessarily. But when I look back, that's how I felt. And it wasn't healthy for me. I didn't look good. I mean, I certainly look better now. I mean, I did, you know? And so for Lizzo to be so pro-fat, I'm not gonna say body positive. I think she's pro-fat. I find it so crazy because I don't know anyone who wouldn't be happier at a smaller size, you know? And I think she is surrounded by yes people, were like, yes, big girl. Ooh, I love it. I love the confidence. Hell yeah, you should be confident. Hell yeah, you should love yourself, but you should also love yourself enough to be healthy. And when I look back at myself, and of course, hey, I'm saying this through my own filter, through my own lens, from my own experience, for sure, I get that I'm biased. I mean, hello, we're all biased about our own body. I think we're allowed to. When I look back, I was telling myself those same things, and it was such bullshit It was complete bullshit. I was not happy at that weight. Not at all. I woke up every day. I hated dressing myself. I didn't want to pass a mirror. I wasn't happy. And if, hey, a lot of people are happy at that weight, that's fine. If it's genuine, good for you. It wasn't genuine for me. And I look at Lizzo and I look at how demonstrative she is with her body and how honestly cold-blooded she is, how she lives for likes, how she lives for praise, how much it affects her when people are like, you're fat and you're gross. I'm not saying she's gross, but she is fat. How she can't ever let that go. And to me, from how I was, you know, when I was behaving the exact same way, to me that smacks of, I actually don't like to be this size. And there's nothing wrong with just admitting that, being like, you know what? I'd be happier if I was 50 pounds less, 10 pounds less, whatever it might be, you know? Why are we not allowed to be honest with ourselves about ourselves? Why do we have to keep ourselves in this state of toxic positivity? Well, sometimes it comes back to the people in your life. If there's something that you feel insecure about, maybe it's how much money you make, or where you live, or your job, or your weight, or if guys like you or not, we are very, very susceptible in those categories, right? We are cold-blooded. We're living for that external outside validation to keep us fueled right and we talk about cold-blooded versus warm-blooded a lot around here but if you're new i'll explain to you cold-blooded lizards snakes they rely on their environment to stay alive right they rely on the outside a warm-blooded animal and every apex predator is including a great white shark do you know they're warm-blooded isn't that wild that's why they're found in all sorts of waters around the world oh god i'm making my skin crawl i'm sorry i'm sorry to even bring them up Warm-blooded animals, they generate it from inside. Yeah, they want the environment to be nice and pleasant. But at the end of the day, that's not what's keeping them dead or alive. They are. They're doing it for themselves and our self-esteem and our self-image is precisely the same that we try to do here isn't get the guy. It isn't get thin. It's be warm-blooded, be a closed circuit in terms of confidence. Now, look, we know. That's a pretty tall order. We're always going to want external validation. We're pack animals. And it's crazy to think that we're going to get to this like perfect zero level of needing people to like us or praise us or be proud of us or love us. No, and that's not the goal. The goal is progress, not perfection. We're gonna hit the target, not the bullseye. But when we have a part of our life that's real cold blooded and believe me girl, I've been there. I've been in all of them. Every category you pick, I've been there. I've set up shop right there. We are, like I said, very, very susceptible to outside opinions. And I think so much of that video that I did really hit home for you guys in terms of those fake friends. Because when we are at that low point, we're looking for that emotional getaway car. And what do we say about emotional getaway cars? What do we say about an actual getaway car? You're running out of a bank. You got the dye packs. You're, you're running from the cops. The car pulls up. Are you particular about the make and model? No. Are you even that particular about how someone is driving that getaway car? Not really. You just need to get the fuck out of there. Same with a situation emotionally that we don't enjoy. I feel fat. Boys don't like me. I'm nervous about this thing. Someone, for God's sakes take the wheel get me out of here and you don't even know in the moment whether or not the advice and the feedback those people are giving you is helping you or harming you you just know it's a bit of a getaway car it's just offloading your responsibility to be responsible for your own feelings and putting them on somebody else oh great but i think we're getting a little high level i think we need to bring it back down let's talk about fake friends How do we smoke out a fake friend? Well, first, let's define them, right? Now, we can look at fake friends in a variety of ways. And one category, it's like, they're not here for me when I need them. They take and they don't give. Absolutely, that's a fake friend. But fakeness can be dressed up also in a really pretty package, a package that feels very, very good. It can be dressed up as a getaway car. We have all had those friends. When I say fake, I don't always mean that these people are coming from a malicious standpoint. I just mean they're not aligned with truly what is going to be best for you. We all have friends. We're like, girl, you kick back. You deserve it. Get the queso. Hell yeah, buy that romper. You deserve it. You know what? If it's in your heart to tell him how you feel, just keep calling until he answers. Have we not all heard this? Have we not all said this. And look, I'm not trying to say, oh, you're a fake friend if you said this. Because I really try to look at these things with a much rosier glow. Like I try to look at these dynamics with a bit of optimism in that our friends want to rescue us from being unhappy. I do. I'm such a rescuer. I'm codependent for God's sakes. Like I am very, very aware of other people's reactions, which you might not think because I can be so blunt and so harsh. But I mean, I don't want to let my friends sit in something unpleasant. You know what this relates back to, if you are in this category, is an avoidant attacher. Now attachment styles are something I really encourage you to look into. They're secure, anxious, and avoidant. And then there's another one. It's like chaotic. I don't know, something like really bad. But basically anxious is like you cling, you know, you cling to people Avoidant is exactly what it sounds like. You can be very black or white. Someone pisses you off, you hold a grudge forever. And a lot of avoidant attachers, that stems from very critical parents where either they were criticizing the world around them constantly and you got this tacit or overt message that, hey, it's perfection or it's fucking nothing. And so therefore, you're afraid to try, you know, because you can't fail. Failure is not an option. And You cannot let other people, and yourself included, sit in unpleasant emotions. you got to get away from this. Nope, nope. Because that feels like failure. You've been taught that that's failure. You were told, get over it, get back up, get back out there. And of course, that's a message you want to send to children and to people. Resiliency is key. It truly is the foundation of happiness, grit, getting knocked down and proving to yourself you can get back up again. But it can run amok. And this is how it can manifest, is... I'm going to save you from this feeling. So I'm going to tell you anything you want to hear in this moment so you don't have to feel bad. And so I don't have to feel bad watching you feel bad. Right? This is also a huge thing with people who were in charge of their parents' emotions. Maybe there were single parents. Maybe they had narcissistic parents or histrionic parents or, you know, parents who fought and they had to keep the peace or raise the brothers and sisters. I can identify with that. So I'm saying this because if you are like, yikes, I tend to do this. Or if you're looking at people in your life and be like, yeah, they're always telling me what I want to hear. Fuck them. No, not fuck them they're coming from their own place but that's what we need to remember is that the feedback people give us is not unbiased and it isn't even always in our best interest it's coming from their own filter listen to what I just said about Lizzo I have come from a place of extreme fat phobia It was not okay to be fat when I was growing up, not in my family, not in society, not from guys like body positivity wasn't a thing. Big butts weren't even a thing. It was big tits or you ain't nothing. Skinny, big tits, that's all you can be. So I come from that place. And so I want people to keep that in mind when they listen to me or whatever. It's like, hey, I had a very rigid definition of something. And so that's what I pass on. So keep that in mind as we go through this podcast and this lesson, when you're thinking like, oh my God, people, yeah, they're just yay saying me. It doesn't mean they're malicious. It just means this is blowing back on you to be in charge of your own data analysis. Is that dress too short for his grandmother's funeral? Hmm. Maybe. Should I get the queso? I don't know. It's great to have feedback and it's great to take in different points of view and different messages. But at the end of the day, we are the one crunching the numbers because, I mean, we don't have to. We can blindly follow other people. A lot of people live like that and they like it. You know, if you ask anyone, hey, do you like being told what to do? They're like, no, I'm so independent, horseshit. A a lot of people like being told what to do. I would say, I mean, (laughs) look at how COVID went. The vast majority of people are incredibly easily led and they like it. That's fine. That's totally okay. And if you are that way, that's all right. I mean, not everyone can be the pack leader. Not everybody wants to be. Why should you have to? That sounds fucking exhausting. But acknowledge that about yourself. There's no harm in acknowledging it. You know, be who you are. But then pause when you're getting feedback and say, okay, okay, okay. Is what I'm hearing truly in my best interest? Or am I believing it because I just kind of don't want to make this decision for myself? And again, if that's what it is, that also isn't a bad thing to admit. I just want to crowdsource whether or not I should text this dude and what I should text him because truly, if it goes bad, which it probably will, I would rather not be responsible for it completely. I'd rather look at that message and be like, well, that's what Becca wrote. That was kind of bullshit. So here we are dumped, you know, but again. Be real with yourself so that you're not like, fuck you, Becca. You wrote the stupidest text to him and now we're over. Just take a little bit of responsibility. So that's one point of view. The people who are giving you yay-say feedback, and yay-saying is the opposite of nay-saying, right, are perhaps coming from a place of wanting to rescue you from a feeling, wanting to make you feel good, or maybe they genuinely believe that dress is fine for a funeral Maybe that's what they'd wear. And they're like, yeah, I'd, I'd wear it. I don't know. What's the problem? Sew so your labia are out. Who, I mean, it's a funeral. Who cares? She's dead. She can't even see him. You know, maybe that's totally fine. But let's talk about the other kind of friends. The ones who aren't coming from a good place. The ones who don't want to rescue you. The ones who enjoy and benefit from keeping you small. Now we've talked before about users, friends who use you and users are easier to spot because they're usually using you for something like specific, your car, the access to all of your career contacts, you know, your family and that big warm thing, like how popular you are with guys or whatever. And so the way we smoke out a user and the way we put the kibosh on them is to withhold the thing we think they want from us. Clout, the lake house, rides in your Tahoe, whatever it might be. Because the people, what do we say about boundaries? The people who hate our boundaries are the ones who benefit from us having none at all. The people who hate us taking something away are the ones who benefit from having unfettered access to that thing. But when it comes to fake friends, these malicious yaysayers, we can call them, it's a little bit trickier. And we're not as likely to spot them. Because they're less overt because we're like, well, why would they lie? This is the thing with liars. And I've learned this because I've dated liars. I have dated pathological liars. I mean, I dated a guy who lied about the weather. Oh, it rained this morning. No, it hadn't. Have you ever heard of anything so fucking bizarre in your entire life? I hadn't either. And it was so bizarre. I just, I couldn't really make sense of it. So I gave it a pass. I'm like, But why would he lie? Like, to what possible end? Why? For what? We don't need to know the why to acknowledge that something is happening. Right? And sometimes we cling on to that why. Well, why? Why doesn't he like me? Girl, it doesn't matter why he doesn't like you. He doesn't. And I go back to this example, the talking dog. I can ask Cowboy any question I want. What time is it? Do you know what the forecast is tomorrow? How do you feel about um, K-pop? He is never going to answer me, not ever, because he simply can't. And I don't get caught up in the why, why can't he answer me? I'm just like, I don't know, he can't. And I move on with my life and I ask those questions to somebody else. This is how we must operate with toxic people in our life. Get over the why, because they might not know either. But in these situations, sometimes they do. Fake friends, like I said, They can be hard to spot because we don't understand what would possibly motivate them to like lie to us. Why would you tell me I look okay in this dress if I don't? Why would you tell me to keep texting this guy? Like if things go wrong, what the hell do you get out of it? Like why? That's so weird. Why do you want me to look bad? It all comes back to one word. Ego. A cold-blooded ego. These are people who need to get their self-esteem from all around them. And there's this quote by Oscar Wilde that I love, such a life motto. It is not enough that I succeed. Others must fail. <laughs> like, and that's their motivation. That's what it is. It's not enough that they look good at the party. Every other girl has to look bad. It's not enough that they're single. You have to be single too. They want you to go down with the ship or at the very least, create such a contrast between the two of you that they come out looking better. This is something called leveling, where somebody whose ego is not in a good place, a flaccid, soft, penisy ego, they're either gonna puff themselves up to feel better, to get to your level, or they're gonna cut you down until you are below them enough so that they feel good. Generally, it's a combo. They're gonna cut you down and puff themselves up to create the biggest contrast possible in the shortest amount of time. So that sometimes, can manifest as reinforcing negative behavior, right? That you look good when you don't. It's telling you to do behaviors that are actually not good for you. Now you might be thinking, well, I mean, if they wanted to cut me down and make themselves feel better, it seems like they would just be like, Brittany, you literally look so fat in this dress and I look bomb in mine. So here's a car cover you can wear instead. It seems like that would be the quickest distance, but it's not because then they're going to look like the bad guy. Like any way you slice it, people are going to be like, what a fucking bitch. Is that what Hannah said? Jesus. Why would she say that to you? So she's going to look like the bad guy. So people learn pretty quick. That's not a great strategy to boost their ego. Because remember, part of ego is adoration. Part of ego is social inclusion. People got to like you. And people know. Do you have a higher chance of being liked if you're the cheerleader? Oh my God, yes, Queen Slay. Um, excuse me, I'm not reinforcing her morbid obesity. I'm being a sister. I am being body positive. You are the hater. Oh my God, I came here to cancel you. Does that not sound familiar? Do we not see that everywhere? that all these toxic yaysayers band together to promote behaviors that are actually incredibly harmful to that person. It's not positive, it's contrast. It's ego contrast, it's leveling. So what can we do to combat this? First of all, we have to know thyself. We really do. I mean, I hate that all roads kind of lead back to, you gotta know yourself, girl. You have to really be in touch with that internal vibration of what is authentic and inauthentic. Notice I didn't say right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. There is authentic to you and there's not authentic. What feels authentic to me in terms of say fashion is wildly inauthentic to my friends here. (laughs) Some of them in Montana. I'm like short, tight heels, lips, But 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 I fucking love looking like that. Other girls, they don't. Okay. They're not wrong. I mean, and I'm not right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but I know that. And so I don't allow feedback to really affect me too much because I am very, very aware of who I am. How did I get there? I spend a lot of time with myself. I'm my own best friend. I'm my own boyfriend. Listen, if you're single, I mean, it can suck. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't want to be in love? You know, not just, oh, a boyfriend, but love. We do. Love is going to come. Don't worry about it. It will. I promise you. I have never met someone actively looking for love, cultivating that in their life and ended up alone. I have never, ever seen that. The people I know who are alone, that's purposeful and they are, actively avoiding connections they're not even missing them they are avoiding them purposefully but i digress while you're in this season of not aloneness not loneliness you know it might feel like that all right fine we'll we'll say that it may be a little lonely what about if you reinvested in yourself what about if you use this opportunity as sort of emotional renovation and a chance to get in touch with what is authentic to you do you know where you start a soda machine. A what? A soda machine, I said. A goddamn soda machine. I want you to go to the gas station, go to Town Pump. Those gas stations, they've got like every soda you can possibly imagine. And I want you to figure out which ones you like. Are you a Pepsi girl? Diet Coke? Mr. Pibb? No one's Mr. Pibb. If I'm going to drink something, he is going to be a doctor. Thank you very much. He's going to go to soda medical school. Dr. Pepper, hello. I want you to figure it out. Do you like a straw or no straw? How much ice do you like? How cold do you like it? Do you want a really big container? Is that too big for your hands? Why does this matter? Why is the soda exercise important? Because if we can't get comfortable knowing where we stand on small things that are basically irrelevant like soda, we have no shot of understanding how we feel when the big things come up. Should I move to this city? Should I marry this person? Should I listen to this feedback? Is this kicking up alignment? Okay, yeah, no, that does feel authentic to me. Or is it kicking up a bunch of question marks, which creates this cold-blooded situation, and therefore we're using other people as that emotional getaway car? We're saying, gosh, I don't know how I feel about it. What do you think? How do you think I should feel? And like I said, it's always good to get outside opinions, you know, gather that data, crunch the numbers, But if you don't have a vibrational authenticity point that you are constantly comparing things to, you can take in all the data you want. You're never going to make a decision because nothing's ever going to feel right because you don't even understand what right is supposed to feel like. And you can figure that out at a soda machine. That's where you can start. You're going to work your way up. You're gonna try some different fashion styles. You're gonna try some different hairstyles. You're gonna try decorating your house. You're gonna maybe watch the shows that everyone's binging. And you're gonna be like, I don't like the show. You know what show I hate? Breaking Bad, miss me with that, I hated it. Game of Thrones, who is who? These people need to be color-coded. If Khal Drogo's not on there having sex, I don't want anything to do with it. And because I spend enough time with myself, and it really is important to be alone, because when you're alone and you put a show on, you're like, ugh. God, this is so boring. You're more likely to turn it off because there's no one being like, no, 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 just give it a few more episodes. When you're in a crowd, it's like, oh God, everybody else likes this. I'm just, (sighs) I guess I'm just gonna have to watch it. You will always benefit from knowing yourself because at the very least, when you know the soda, when you know the hairstyle, when you know the fashion, when you know the TV shows, when things come up that you don't know, It's not going to kick up this guilt response of, I mean, of course, I don't know what city to move to. I I don't even know what I like to wear. And you might not be saying that overtly because everyone thinks like, oh, I know the kind of soda. I know my own mind. No one wants to think of themselves as this sort of emotional jellyfish. It's embarrassing. But if we get down to it, there's a lot of areas in our life where we're like, "Uh, I don't know what makes me happy. And look, this isn't about rigidity. It isn't. It's about vibration. And we can veer off the course of vibration here and there. It's not going to kill us to go to tapas when we hate tapas and we prefer sushi. It's fine. You know, we're going to roll with it. But it's important to know because if we don't and we keep going to tapas and we get anxiety before we go and we get bitchy when we're there and we're complaining about the bill. I did this literally with tapas for like eight years of my life in New York. And finally, I was like, It's not my friends that I don't want to see. It's not, I'm tired. I don't like this food. I literally don't like the food. Why can't I just say that? And I had this like tapas coming out party. I was like, I hate this shit. I don't want to go, I don't want to eat it anymore. I'll meet you guys after, but I'm not doing this. And because I was, and it's so simple and it's so silly, but because I couldn't just look it in the face for whatever reason, it was creating all of this anxiety and misery help us so if we can acknowledge that food can do this and that's not even a category we usually like feel well food can be pretty weighted you know of course but I mean if it's that real and visceral in a category that's not a huge deal if you're getting feedback if you're doing things that you don't want to do in a category that does matter I'm in the wrong major I'm in the wrong city I'm in the wrong relationship How could you possibly be expected to move through life with an ounce of happiness or peace? There's a fake in your life. How do you smoke them out? It's just like a user you withhold. Now it's easier with a user. You can withhold the cloud or the Tahoe or whatever it is with a fake friend. The thing you're going to withhold is compliance, compliance. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Totally wear that dress out. Yes. Call him. Just no, keep calling him. I want you to do as an experiment be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to call him. Mm, I'm going to put on pants and see what that person does. If they freak out, whoa, there's your answer. Wow, Hannah. Okay. I mean, just like (laughs) let him walk all over you. Like he's never going to come back if you don't tell him how you feel. Like, I don't even know what you're doing right now. Okay, yeah, put on pants, look like a lesbian, see if I care. I mean, you clearly do care. You clearly care. It's important to see that. Because someone who is really on your side, you know what they're going to say? Okay, I mean, it's not really a pants kind of party, but hey, you do you. They're going to maybe disagree, because that's what I've had to say to a lot of my Montana friends. Please keep the dress on. Do not put on pants. It's not a hoodie kind of night. But you know at the end of the day it's like you know what whatever no skin off my back okay if anything i want you to look girlier uh, because i think you're gonna have more fun you know i'm not trying to hold you down I'm, i'm trying to build you up but that's that's a whole other story someone who is on your team will disagree but you know what they'll follow it with you have to do what's authentic to you maybe it's not oh keep calling him maybe it's the opposite You know, I tell people, it's like, yeah, don't send that text message. You know, I'm very much like, it's like suicide. You can always do it tomorrow. Don't send that right now. And they're like, I just have to do it. I have to. I'm like, okay. Like, I get it. I get that that's what's in your heart. You need to say what you need to say. I get it. I don't think it's a great idea. I'll be here for the fallout. But you obviously are in a place of alignment right now. Or are you? think you are. I mean, again, it's a whole separate topic about texting people and calling it authenticity, you know, doing things that are self-destructive and calling it authenticity. But hey, if that's where you're at and if that's what you feel like you need to do, okay, that's fine. It's your deal. But for people who want to keep you small, it isn't your deal. It's actually theirs. This is actually their circus they're trying to orchestrate because they need something out of this interaction. They need something from you, like this sort of catapult, to propel them into a higher level where they're on top. And you, most importantly, are on the bottom. Girls, I gotta say it. I gotta say it right now. Our gays, our gays are doing us dirty. Our gays are yay-saying us. I mean, you can tell, celebs on the red carpet, who have too many gays, and they're hearing, yes, queen slay. And she's not slaying. She doesn't look like a queen. She looks like a clown. Sometimes you need some different data mixed in there. And God bless my gays. You know, we we love them. But like, they don't have the same skin in the game. Like if we're talking about fashion, outfits, dating advice, like they're coming from a completely different place. They're trying to attract a completely different audience. When I don't know what to do, like about like fashion or a look or a text, I don't ask my gays, because they love me and they you know, they wanna maybe rescue me from what's going on, I ask a straight dude. I get some straight input. Straight guys will tell me what I don't wanna hear. Like, do not send that. Yeah, don't booty call him at 2 a.m. and think you're gonna be his girlfriend. Like, they drag me to hell. But it isn't hell. It's actually them dragging me to a place that ultimately is in my best interest, right? Sometimes straight dudes are just more blunt, and there's just a straighter line from point A to point B. So, get some straight dude input, and you know I am never like, "Hey, straight dudes are like the answer," (laughs) like very rarely. But in these cases, they might be, because girls can have a lot of motivation, like sinister motivation, because again, we're all competing for these resources known as men or attention or the corporate ladder, which also usually is contingent on men and attention, right? gays are in a completely different lane with a completely different set of rules and, you know, people they're trying to attract. Like, they're kind of like different solar systems. So that might not always be helpful. Straight dudes? Ah, you'd be surprised. But I think one thing we can also really do to help weed out those fake friends is to not be one ourselves. Is to be brave enough to not try to rescue people from their bad emotional place to say that actually isn't super flattering or you know what i just don't think he's that into it so maybe let's not call him for a week and just see what happens when we can be truly in someone's corner and i always say this to my friends i'm like listen girl i'm team abby i'm team sarah i'm team you and you might not like what i'm saying but truly i am trying to help you to be your best to look your best to be presented as the best version of you to have the best outcomes Think of me as like a personal trainer. You're not going to like what I tell you to do, but you are going to like the outcomes, you know? Because when we can be honest with people and not yay say them, either out of our own inability to watch their negative emotions or when we're not at a great place, like, yeah, no, just keep adding makeup. Just keep adding it. And you know what? Maybe add some Crocs to that outfit. When we cannot be a bag of shit, We are very, very aware of people who are. Think of it as like healthy eating. When you make a big dietary switch, suddenly you look at everything that's on the menu and you're like, oh my God, this is so gross. This is so bad for you. I can't believe I was eating like this. And I mean, you kind of look around at other people and it's like, oh Jesus, she's had eight bud heavies tonight. Good God, not in like a judgy way, but you just start to kind of read the matrix, right? And so, in these fake friend situations, when you are keeping it one hundred, you can see people who aren't, and their motives become much, much clearer because hopefully, you're one of those people who is not just honest with other people. You're honest with yourself. because, again, we know people who are like, "I'm just super blunt and super honest." No, Kelsey, you're a bitch. You're not honest with yourself. You're only, overly brutal with other people, but you can take zero feedback. You know who's like that? Meghan Markle. Zero self-awareness, zero anything. Hates literally everyone. Will call out anyone on anything ever, but she's an angel. I don't fucking think so. That's, I mean, what is that? A victim narrative? Absolutely. So that also starts to come to the surface. And that is also something we can see. Hey, listen, um, don't get mad at me. I'm just being real with Hannah. No, you're not. Because you're not real with yourself. So your version of realness, I can now see. Because I'm real with her. But I'm also real with me. I can see that you're not. I can see the difference between us. Okay? Because when I'm real with me, there's a humility there. And I speak more gently to people. Hey, Shallon, I just had a talk with myself today about how fat I look in this dress. So listen, I'm not gonna be blunt with someone else because that would be mean. Cause I was speaking to myself in a mean way today and I don't wanna make anyone else feel the way I felt today. I don't know. I think that you really gain some clarity about the motives of others when you gain clarity about your own. And when your side of the street is clean and when you're behaving like you should, wow, you start to see your prior behavior or the worst version of your potential behavior, so much faster. So to recap, spend some time with yourself. Get a sense of what makes you happy. Spend some time at the soda machine. Get a sense of that vibration inside of you that is authentic versus inauthentic. And do things to nurture that. Do things that light you up inside, even if they're silly or pointless or not monetizable or quote, unquote, time wasters. Fuck, waste your time. It's not wasted time if it's giving you data about your authenticity and your vibration. Not at all. In fact, that is the most valuable time and the most valuable activity you can ever engage in because it's going to have these incredible, amazing ripple effects throughout the rest of your life. And then start to withhold things from people you think might be yay saying you do the opposite see what they say see if that sits better with you learn from that data say wow i actually did feel good that i didn't text him even though all my friends told me i should and that's fine maybe that was the right answer but i feel more peace knowing that i made a different choice and i understand that that really is peace and not fear not avoidance not being a chicken shit, because I have cultivated this type of peace in other categories of my life. So I have something to touch back to. I know what this feels like. I have that data that I have gathered myself about myself. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you have, please feel free to share it with a friend, rate and review. And like I said, if you can spare a few bucks to help some tiny little snouty mouths, <laughs> some dogs and cats down in Venezuela, one of our own could really use our help. It would mean so much. And if my advice has helped you, paying it forward would just mean the world to me. That plus links to the chalantourage are right down in the show notes. We'll see you later, shalligators. Until next time.